you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom Tom. Hello, welcome to episode three of Steven C. at all. Or I think that's what we're calling it. Yeah. Welcome to episode three of Steven C. at all. Marked for death. The post sophomoric I, I don't know the term for that. The third movie in the illustrious career of Steven Seagal, noted Aikido expert slash actor question mark slash jazz um, musician slash, slash sports jazz drank. Musician. Slash human trafficker, allegedly. I don't know if that's proven <laughs> in a court of law. I will not be sued for libel or slander. Um, in Marked for Death, Drug Enforcement Administration Agent and Decorated Soldier. You're not going to introduce yourself? Oh. In Marked for Death, Zach <laughs> describes the plot. Aaron is here to comment. <laughs> I'm Hans. <laughs> DEA agent and decorated soldier John Hatcher. I will stop reading from Wikipedia now. Allegedly, John Hatcher, um, his partner is killed while they're in Colombia. Uh, like his partner's killed, like every partner in every Stephen Skull movie is. This one was um, pretty quick. This one is pretty quick. I think it gets quicker, but this one is quick. Yeah. Um, he go when he returns home. He sees his family. He goes to a high school where he sees his friend Keith David um boy howdy if there's an actor who deserves better than this keith david his u.s army buddy um they're at a club or a bar a gun fight breaks out Um, well there was there was drug dealing in the beginning that got him all riled up right yes yeah that they're witnessing or no no No, it got it got keith david riled up he was just telling him to ignore it right right because he's saying you know ah it's the same thing no matter where you go like you know take one down another one pops up um, this time it's Jamaicans. So if you thought it was racially weird before, oh boy, how it gets racially weird this one. The Jamaican posses, as they are known. And the film seems very proud of the fact that they know the term posses. Which is um, very... an old west term. Yeah. They seem very yeah. proud of their crazy no, stereotyping legit- in this legitimately, movie. Legitimately, when I was watching the newscast, I was just like, this is what every single, like, this is what every parent who watches cable news just thinks every city looks like this lady on the news being like these posses kill approximately fifty thousand people a year selling their drugs um they the main bad guy whose name is Screwface because he has a screw for a face um they do a drop i never figure that out he's got two he's got two heads and four eyes um they do a drive-by shooting on our beleaguered main character's house several times um, or his sister's house um his niece is critically injured and he kind of threatens a doctor into giving her good medical care and then that's never brought up again um they meet oh my god this isn't even he's not even necessarily a major character um but they encounter there's a gangster named jimmy fingers I forgot about Jimmy Fingers. Jimmy Fingers is great. I honestly, I have to give props um, to this movie because they do not make a joke at Jimmy Fingers' expense. They are better than me because later on when we find Jimmy Fingers with a prostitute, I said, oh, that's who Jimmy Fingers. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, 
I, my humor is sub Seagal in this case. Jimmy I, Fingers I, I spends that entire scene in like a wife beater and like tiny briefs. Oh my! They, it's an outfit. It's not the worst outfit in the movie, but it's an outfit. Um, but we, the Jamaican gangs, they're doing just straight up African black magic. I don't actually know if magic is real or not. In no, this. I contend ever, that in this movie, everyone magic kind of is seems real. to everyone kind of <laughs> seems to contend with the fact that magic is real. Like that's just accepted. Yes, because they get like the the Hispanic woman who does like some Santeria kind of like blood sacrifice thing, and Screwface. Spoiler alert: one of the Screwfaces feels it. <laughs> And so sacrifices okay. her to like a voodoo in like a voodoo ritual thing. It's yeah. unclear. Um, they get in a gunfight at a jewelry store. Um, there's car chases. <laughs> Fun and action is had by all um, using fake construction equipment. They trap Seagal and Molotov cocktail his car. I thought that part was very funny because like you see the truck approaching for like a solid two minutes. And Seagal just kind of looks generally annoyed but just <laughs> yes. kind of lets them crush his car and trap him yep um that's a nice car it's a uh oh what i don't oh, remember the I year love, but it's a mach one i love the cars in these movies that's something i will say okay Even yeah the bad cars thing. just every car in this movie is great yeah pretty much in, in all, all these movies, movies the cars are awesome just because i love the just you know the boxy crappy like you know chevys of the 90s or whatever like they're great like every single car the good ones and the bad ones are yeah. just amazing like they didn't cheap out on the cars like this movie had a budget of 12 million dollars a lot of it went to cars probably and sugar glass um, <laughs> sugar glass. um in this in this uh episode's version of he has to work against the system but also the people in the system are actually pretty chill with what he does there's a cop who says no i've been after him for five years we're not just gonna go you know bloodthirsty vigilante and take him down and Seagal says but like come on and the guy goes all right you got me and he joins in on his bloodthirsty rampage in this one steven Seagal has two black friends he's making progress here um <laughs> Spoiler alert, second partner death later on in this movie. Um, Equally they, preventable. E- yep. Yeah, I mean, it, but someone has to die. Some one of his friends has to die to help motivate him. One of the I, millions of bullets has to land in a body somewhere. Honestly. They can't, can't all miss. And contractually, you cannot hit Seagal. You cannot harm him, so it has to be a partner. <laughs> that, I, that doesn't ring true in number four. Well, we'll get there. Um, in very rare instances, Seagal's hurt. Normally, he is just an unstoppable badass who can just throw his gun away and get in a fist fight if he chooses because he is just so cool. Um, Actually, he, they wait, they very this, poor. What is this? The first one where he like chooses to get into a fist fight instead of using guns? I think so. I'm, I think I, this is where there it were several movies where like he is in a confrontation with someone with a gun. And he like tries to show off by putting his gun aside. Is this the oh, one? Yeah, is he... this the one with the convenience store scene where he like kneels on the ground? No, that was yes. actually no, 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 no. That was um, hard to kill because that was it was the night of the Oscars. Was it? That's yeah, yes, it was the night of the, the Oscars. He's at the convenience store. He stops the robbery. He puts the gun down. So that's where it started. Where You're he right. Just I'm so sorry. Macho yes, that he gets down on the floor and he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, put your shotgun in my face." Okay, <laughs> back marked to marked for death. Um, oh. They, after all these fun shenanigans, um, after 
he consults with both a professor and also a psychic uh which um mystic person yeah it's called santaria Mm, is the technical term for what she does um and she tells john that screwface's power is that he has two heads and four eyes and it's not much of a mystery but it ends up being a mystery to every other person in this movie (laughs) no i like you're watching you know what's gonna happen the instant she said that it's like oh identical twin uh that's that's another one of them yeah I said earlier when we when I watched it, I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, "So this guy's gonna have a twin brother, isn't he?" And that's somehow so everybody was surprised him. by it. Well, that okay, so, so that's another thing that baffles me. Why was anyone surprised by this? Like, why was anyone surprised by this? Also, okay, because they really thought this was gonna be like a like the person. undercover agent who we haven't talked about at all because he barely factors in the movie. Who's been following Screwface for five years? Yeah, yeah. and somehow doesn't know that he has an identical twin brother. Um, he is the one who tells Steven Seagal, who in this movie is called uh, John Hatcher. John sure. Hatcher. John Hatcher sounds John like a uh, John Grisham protagonist. It, it really does. It's a W. E. B. Griffin knockoff. Yeah. Um. So he, the undercover agent guy, uh, tells John Hatcher that oh, Screwface has left the country. He's gone back to Jamaica. What? What would even be the evidence that it happened? Because there are two identical twin brothers, one living in Jamaica, one living in the United States, and they don't travel so that they can appear to be in two places at once. That's like the whole thing. And then at the end of the movie, they were both in the same place anyway. Yes. Did they switch places? And so they thought that Screwface had gone back to Jamaica. And so actually the Screwface that he fought at the end of the movie back in the United States was actually one he has never met before. Or was it that the one he killed... And Jamaica is the one he never met before. I don't think the movie is too concerned with it, so you shouldn't be either. Because both of them just act like they are the screw face. Like, both act like they know Seagal and Skull acts like he knows both of them. Yeah. Or are they Maybe using, like, secret them. Jamaican magic to Maybe it's... communicate? Maybe it's like when they were filming with the Olsen twins on Full House. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and it's purely just, oh, that way we can get around, like, child, like you know, labor laws. Like, we just always have a guy on set, and they're just completely interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about that? No, I didn't actually. That, but Did I think you, that although works. fun, it's actually really funny how Wikipedia lists this when it says Basil Wallace is Screwface. Wallace also portrays Screwface's twin brother. I see, I'm just like <laughs> you don't. You say. don't say they didn't bring in a second guy. <laughs> you don't say. So speaking of though, that actually brings us to the finishing our plot recap. Um, they uh, so Keith David and Steven Seagal and the undercover cop. Um, go to Screwface's mansion. Um, so they go. So they're in Jamaica. They kind of do some, you know, their recon. They go to the mansion. I think maybe one of the funniest parts for this, you know, of this movie for me is when you see Seagal infiltrating the mansion, and it, he's just in, dressed in all black on a white wall, just slowly and laboriously like climbing over it in like full view of the party like the least stealthy infiltration anybody has ever seen like this guy is making no effort to actually sneak in but somehow sneaks in um after just sniping like four dudes with a silencer that he just kind of made in like a machine shop like on a lathe or something yeah, oh i was gonna get into that out. too and, like muddled mess with a silencer and it's just silent um after a really like the 
scenes in these movies get more and more violent every time um after just an incredibly brutal like sword fight well after a very silly sword fight that turns brutal at the end um steven seagal trying to use a sword is legitimately hilarious um <laughs> he kills Screwface with his own sword it comes back they do a weird reveal where they're like look we have his sword and the people are like eh, i don't know i don't know and then they go look we have his head and i'm like okay we could have led with that i guess <laughs> um but wait a minute Screwface is back with his witch magic, also known as having a twin. Um, they fight again, and in this one, what he uh, he kicks him down an he, elevator shaft. He gouges out his eyes and breaks his spine, and then throws him down an elevator oh, shaft. Oh yeah, like the kills get so brutal. It is brutal. Um, they see, but this one it's amazing because they do all that. The gangsters kind of just like see the corpse. And it just, it, it, that's when it ends. It just, it's literally Seagal and company just walking off into the sunrise. And that's it. That's, it just ends. The whole thing ends. with his niece being like uh, uh, nearly nope. killed and in the hospital and up. he threatens nope, the doctor nope. to give her the best care. That's not revisited. No. Nope. Why would we need to? Never comes up well, again. I mean, that's, I would actually really, I would really like if we got a sequel, her own version of Hard to Kill. She wakes up from a coma as a teenager and... and... <laughs> But then she realizes the gang's already taken care of, so she's just like, oh, and she... And also that her uncle, like, apparently cared about her for all the five seconds. Enough to, like, threaten a doctor who, like, did not need threatened. And then she, I don't know, just kind of, like, gets her GED or something. That's the movie. I also think, we've talked so many in in the past two of these about uh, characters or actors that deserve more credit. I'm so excited for this. You you kept talking about the... uh, you kept talking about his like new partner from who's like been tracking Screwface all these years. Tom Wright deserves so much more credit than he gets oh in this God. movie. He legitimately pulls the best performance in this movie. I'm gonna say. Is that is that fair? Do we agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Like he actually does a pretty good job. Um, but other than this, he, he does a there. he does a very good job at making it look like his character actually believes in whatever Steven Seagal is spewing out of his mouth mm-hmm. and then he would be in barbershop and barbershop 2 alongside ice cube and then he is george costanza's co-worker in seinfeld but okay <laughs> but we get okay i'm gonna i'm and gonna start with so, like he's still doing so much better than i'm gonna Seagal. start with slightly more obscure okay i'm gonna start okay. with a slightly Tom more Wright. obscure Tom the Wright. other actors who were like in a steven seagal movie and went on to do like much better things so i would say matt levin who was in starship troopers Play Kit okay, Smith okay. and Starship Troopers. Nice, nice. Okay. Okay. Kevin Dunn, who is Sam Witwicky's dad in Transformers. Oh! Actually, not going to lie. Oh, out yeah. of all of these, he's probably like, I remember him the best. I yeah. I forgot about that. You're right. And then, with a non-speaking <laughs> role <Yes>. in the <laughs> we opening about this scene of like, this movie. We talked about this for like an hour already. Danny freaking Trejo. Yes. And I and like you Machete just, himself. And you go back and realize it's him, and he's just the guy getting chased by Seagal in the first like three minutes. He like That's all he is. I need to see where in his filmography this movie lands. Um, That's what which I'm I have to scroll well. really far on IMDB because this man has over four hundred acting credits. So this is well. How many was it per year on average? You figured it out. Like fifteen movies a year. It's absurd. So this is his twelfth movie, but admittedly, like in the movies before this, he's like some guy's bodyguard. He's like prison inmates. Yeah, he's boxer. But he has like a a non-speaking role in this movie. 
And it's actually pretty great because fun fact, um, oh, I can't believe this is something we didn't talk about in episode, you know, one or two. We have to make amends for this. Steven Seagal does not know how to run. He does, he does not know how to lo, how, how to locomotion on his two legs no. in a speedy manner. Well, no, 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 no. He, he, he knows has. like the running, the legs part. He's got the down. It's the okay. arms legs part. Are fine. It's yeah, the legs his, are fine. His, it's his the arms motions. part that he can't figure he out. Like... If I, it's so difficult to describe. The only way I can put it is is what I told you the other day is that he runs like Phoebe in Friends. The well, one episode he, where she doesn't know how to run because he no. throws his arms around and his his wrists go limp, the so pro- his his hands like flap around. Okay, like... I really think his problem is that he's an actual athlete. Have you ever seen a marathon runner run? Probably. Like, I, have you ever like actually like sure. watched a marathon? I guess not that I've paid attention to. Oh, That's how they run. Really? Yes. Like, I find that hard to believe. Like they've got dead fish attached to their elbows. Like that's just how they do it. Interesting. Like he runs like a real athlete. The pro- I think one of the big problems with Steven Seagal is that he's like actually an athlete, but he doesn't know how to take his actual athletic and skills cool. and make them look cool. I everything you're saying, I cannot possibly believe this. That's a theory. I need evidence. I don't know. Look up marathon runner running. You're also saying that Steven Seagal is an athlete, and those words just don't compute in my head. He's, like, he's okay. absolutely okay. not an athlete. Okay, he he is though. He is like, though. He's like a world. I'm not saying he is like my athlete icon. I'm not saying he is Muhammad Ali. No, but he was like a dude that ran a karate dojo, ran an aikido dojo, and that's how I got his start. Like, yeah, he's more of an athlete than he is an actor. I, oh I yeah, oh yeah. That's I cannot that that word like has to be do, so loose he would do a lot better making like aikido home fitness tapes in the 80s than he mm. would be acting like starring mm. in movies in the 80s but if you've seen your you've seen the watching. videos of him doing these competitions you see where they're all they're choreographed he can't actually throw people he can't do Not what anymore. he shows no back when he at well, the, no, 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 the so height he, of his okay, career the, could not, okay, the only no, no, reason no, no. he got the hollywood deal was because listen, he was he was presenting listen. in front of a bunch of uh, Warner Brothers executives, and it was a choreographed You're event. He wasn't throwing people; they were throwing You're themselves. You're not wrong, but listen, it's because of the ego that he is a pretty competent. Most of his background is athletics. Not that he's an amazing athlete, no, not that no, he's no. a beautiful one. He's a fairly competent athlete, but he has the ego that he needs to be the best at everything. Yeah. So he like probably could do an actual keto demonstration. But because he is like in charge of the dojo, his Aikido demonstration is literally effortlessly throwing everybody. Yeah. So like, it's that he needs to look better than he is. But he's uh, like, I think you are giving this man way too much credit. Probably. So Zach, at the beginning of this episode, you introduced this movie as Steven Seagal's sophomore entry, and I think that really perfectly sophomoric entry. Yeah, his sophomoric entry, and I think that really perfectly sums up like my idea of his career so far that he is knowledgeable enough at certain things that he can convince people that he is much more knowledgeable than he actually is oh he's definitely an expert bullshitter well well, because it's one of those things he has like 15 percent knowledge in something but he has to have 110 percent knowledge in it well that's the definition of sophomoric like he, Jack of all trades, master of none. 
Well, no. Well, it's not even that, no. It's no? that, like, he probably has, like, a, like, he'll have, like, a guy, a friend who is in, like, the Navy SEALs. Yeah. But then that story becomes, I was involved in these Navy SEALs operations and got, like, every cross there is. Yeah. It could be, like, I run a dojo pretty competently, but then it becomes, I am the greatest Aikido master in all Japan. He yeah, didn't like, he run the dojo. 15- he, he he worked at the he no he no, said no, no. he ran his, the dojo his his, his fa- wife's his father ran the dojo his father-in-law <laughs> gave him the dojo we don't actually know how much he ran it but he was no his father like, his father-in-law ran the dojo he did not run the dojo oh. you are giving this man way too much credit sure but, but also but i want to say that that's the definition oh, of probably, sophomoric he is more of an athlete than you're right on that yes so let's like, let's we'll, we'll cap it off there yeah but back to I the movie. so back to the most important parts. Steven Skull does not know how to run the way you should in an action film as an action hero. Yeah. <laughs> um. And where was I going with that? He's um, trying to be. He was chasing down Danny Trejo. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's funny that like Danny Trejo, he looks great in this film because yeah. he's just running against Seagal. He looks like a man <laughs> running versus Seagal. Like Danny Trejo is probably makes the most well off in this movie because mm-hmm. he is just in it. He, his only screen time in this movie is in a foot chase with Seagal. That is like yeah. the most glowing comparison you can get. Yeah. So Danny Trejo starting up strong here. 12 movies into his career. On top um, of, he's just a great actor. Yeah, also <laughs> just, just a chill guy. Out of the gate. Right. Um, Keith David. Love Keith David. He's great. Oh, what I was going to say. Um, maybe one of my favorite moments in this movie is that him and Keith David are just kind of like jogging together. And I love it because like... Very, th- this isn't just he needs to run and this is how his arms happen to move. Like It supports the theory that this is how he thinks running is. Because when they're jogging, he's just doing like a slower version of the same thing. <laughs> With his, the really like, weird wrists. His wrists are yeah. still flailing, but just like in slow motion. That's what jogging is doing. And, you know, I am very happy that they got Keith David for the supporting role. Because now, like, all the dialogue between Steven Seagal... And the supporting character switches between Steven Seagal's voice and Keith David's voice. And so I'm just... Possibly the best voice ever. I'm confronted (laughs) with Steven Seagal's weird, stilted, bad timing, like, dialogue. And then you just get Keith David to, like, cleanse the palate between every line. It really, it truly is. And I'm like... And this one... Ooh, what <laughs> the what, what race or nationality does Seagal think he is in this one? I think this uh, one he's kind of still playing it safe. He's his just going name to, like, is John Hatcher, which is like a very English name, right? I think like, he's just kind of generic Chicago dude. Like, Chicago yeah, he didn't have a, an offensive accent in this one. No, he brings spoiler alert. He brings it back to the next. Yeah, one. I was gonna say I think he <laughs> just gave it up, but no, he brings it back in the next one. But we'll talk about that yeah. later. He does. Um, I'll tell you what he does have, though. This was the beginning. Well, I shouldn't say the beginning, but like it, 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 when you, when we watched uh, Above the Law, like he's an older guy already. Like it's, that's not a big deal. So his hairline's starting to recede. In Mark for Death, it is like painted black as an arrow on yes. his head. Like it is the weirdest <laughs> thing. And then you you couple that with the extra long greasy ponytail. Oh, oh man it got extra oh. long in this one. Oh, that does oh. need mention the word i thought in this movie we reached like peak ponytail we're not quite there yet it gets soon, worse but there's i'm pretty sure this is one at one point he just turns around and you see the ponytail like it, it's just the most disgusting thing i've ever seen it is and there's nothing i i want to be clear I, this is i have nothing against the the 
like male ponytail. Like that's not a big deal. His is like it's so it's ratty and gross and greasy on screen in a movie I'm, where I'm they have people sure. to like take care of that for you. I'm also I can't remember. There's definitely in one of these movies it blurs together. The gal, his wife, like plays with his ponytail. It's in Hard to Kill. Him. It's in Hard to Kill. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. Oh, it's in the, it the so first much. sex scene it's in Hard to Kill. Oh, yes. gross. I swear it is. Oh, it's so because it is. You could you could see that it's like <laughs> greasy. <Yeah. laughs> it shimmers. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um. So this is something we shouldn't um dwell on too much because again, none of us are really experts at this um the racial elements of this film shall we say they are deeply confusing because okay so this is another instance of a steven seagal film in which the overt themes of the movie are at war with the actual themes of the movie (laughs) so that's a really really good way of putting it the stated theme of the film as far as like racial relations and stuff go uh is like not all black people like that's kind of like what's going like on. the fact that he has not not just specifically like mm-hmm. he has his good black friend keith david but also that they have like a man on the inside they have a jamaican cop who's investigating well, and, and like, also they're not trying to say all jamaicans are drug dealers but well, like 98 no there was one there. moment that like stuck into my brain they're watching there's like a a newscast that's going on and the newscaster specifically says while it was only a very small mm, percentage yes, of yes, the yes. Back po- black population of chicago uh, or african-american at the time they were using that term at the time the african-american of chicago who is involved in these things they do uh, like the particular kinds of violence that they perpetrate are like particularly heinous um so like they literally say in the text of the film not all black people like it's only a small percentage of people who do this but then as you're going through the film all but like two of the black people like all but every one of his personal friends all but everyone who's personally attached to steven seagal is involved in some sort of crime Mm -hmm. like that 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 theme continues and commits a crime uh, out for justice too Mm -hmm. and we'll just We'll just mention that um, I the dialogue, the dialects of characters on screen, um, as written by apparently two the two co-writers of the script who worked on Poltergeist and Poltergeist Two. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Yeah, let's just let's, let's generously let's, say it did not age well. <laughs> let's just say it didn't come out. It didn't birth well. It didn't age well. It didn't <laughs> didn't birth well. Didn't do anything well. So, what would we like to say for our favorite quotes? Are the best and worst Seagal lines, or best and worst quotes in this movie? Um, and our general, our stars. Oh, Honestly, for me, the, the worst by far, and I, I, I have to come back to this. I think, Aaron, you mentioned it earlier, was when he's in this machine shop. Or maybe it was Zach, doesn't matter. When he's in this machine shop, and he's like, they're, they're, they bought all of these like black market weapons from this guy he gives them a duffel bag they open it up they talk to talk some back and forth about how they're old friends whatever it doesn't matter he gets all these black market weapons and then they go to this just wide open machine shop and they start to like modify them for some reason and it shows seagal specifically he's working at a metal lathe like crafting his own suppressor and then he he puts it on an mp5 and starts shooting it at a target and there's no noise just no noise no noise at all and he turns to the other guys in the shop and says hear how silent that is and it's like 
Well, and even before really? that, he puts it on the sniper and he says, like, ah, oh, this is, you know, this when this woman, she'll just whisper in your ear. And yeah. And she whispers in your ear, you're dead. And it's... that it, That's it, the worst part of it honestly, for me. Because he was just pissed me off. It's honestly one of the more, like, video gamey moments. Because I could just picture this in, like, the Steven Seagal video game that just mashes all of his movies together into one plot. Like, and this game is only an hour and a half long because that's all I can stand. Um... <laughs> like you literally just go to a crafting bench and you put in like you know four supplies for resource and you just get silencer like it just feels like that's what happens yeah and i should i should correct myself i said silencer it's not a silencer it's a suppressor no suppressor. but it's steven, silencer. It's steven seagal's it, it, yeah it's steven seagal's universe it's a silencer oh yeah it is silent um my oh and your stars Oh, so I gave this one one and a half stars. Took it down a notch from the other two, uh, the first two that were both two stars. This one irritated me, first of all, uh, because he, <laughs> there's like a, a solid three minutes in the opening scene of him chasing Danny Trejo, running like a complete idiot. Uh, not a single bullet hits its target, aside from his two partner deaths in this one, both completely preventable. Um... Oh, they chase. There's a a, ch a chase scene where Seagal and um, uh, I just said his name, Tom Wright. No, not Tom. No, it was uh, Keith. Who was the other guy? What his Keith David? Keith, Keith David. David. Yeah. Yeah. He and Keith David are chasing down um the baddies in the city, and they're in a a, a big SUV, and they just start like driving through, like they like racing around traffic, causing accidents. They drive through the window of the jewelry store. Was yeah. it? And there's just this big shootout in the jewelry store, and then nothing just, happens. Like the glass complete everywhere. Yeah, and they start smashing up jewelry cases and like throwing yep. shit at each other. They're just and like there's just firing. No repercussions for that. Randomly. Yeah, yep, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I gave that one one and a half stars. Nice. Um. For me, I the only reason I actually have a quote from this one is because for my letterbox review, I was doing like a live react basically just as I watched. So I actually have like more <laughs> notes to refer back to in this one. Um, I think unintentionally one of the funniest ones is when he's talking to, I believe, his mom on the phone. And she says, everything all right? You sounded strange on the phone. And I'm just like, lady, he sounds strange all the time. Like, you just got to get used to it. Like, he probably <laughs> talked to her on the phone. Like, I'm, I'm coming home for dinner. And said it all weird with an odd pacing. Um, but my favorite worst Seagal line is when Jimmy Fingers, pause for, pause for laughter, when Jimmy Fingers says, I'm a made man, Seagal shoots him dead and then says, God made men. <laughs> I remember. Because I don't know who thought that was cool, but they very clearly thought that was they cool. They very clearly thought that that was really God cool. God made men. Like, oh, you told him. <laughs> it's right up there with Blood Banks. Who played Jimmy Fingers? Uh, Who did play um, Jimmy? I, I think um, Tony De Benedetto. I, I think John Hatcher played Jimmy Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, um, did he? Did he deserve better? Did he go on to do anything? Or uh, everyone in this movie deserved better. He. The last thing he was in was in 1999. Is he still alive? Wow. He got out. Damn. Good for him. Um, so another thing in this movie I was actually legitimately kind of upset by, it seemed like they were setting up, um, the professor that he meets with as, like, she's love interest. Okay, in this one. I was honestly surprised that they did not sleep together. Like, that like, seemed I like, well, they, like they're setting happen, up, and honestly, just... like, 
they absolutely would have had the movie not just right. like petered out at the end and it just not did really ended. Fireball boss fights. Like the first <laughs> time that you see her, she like turns. She's like blonde. She's pretty. She turns like it's dark outside, but she has like a light shining directly on her. She's doing like some science crap. It's it, it's a 1990s she's film. Some, she's doing some weird science. Yeah. So she she turns to face directly into the camera because you're looking from the perspective of John Hatcher. Steven Seagal, and you're like, oh, okay, by the end of this movie, they're going to sleep together. That was my thought, right. and I was just waiting for that scene. I didn't want it to happen. It was gross. Well, I so didn't want that to happen, but I was waiting for it to happen, and it just never did, and the movie ended, and I'm like, well, I didn't want it to happen, but I'm also disappointed that it didn't, because right. like the whole, all of the text of filmmaking tells me that that's going to happen, and then it just doesn't. Well, and it's not even that. It's also like, I also didn't want it to happen, Yeah, um, but... So far, she, like, while I was watching, I'm thinking, like, oh, she's my, like, she's the best, she's my favorite of, like, the Seagal love interests. Yes. Like, I'm not saying they have this, like, Oscar-winning chemistry between the two of them, but it was, like, the closest to that. It wasn't just he's unconscious and I'm in love with his large penis. And, like, the the day after his wife died, as far as he can remember, we're sleeping together. Like, they actually kind of had, like, a rapport, and she was, like, actually somewhat decently like written she had a couple like did something for the plot and so i was like oh this is actually like the only one the only kind of love interest i can halfway tolerate so far and then she wasn't even a love interest so nope and that way you will seagal's character has no interest in her she has proven herself useful to the plot and therefore does not matter (laughs) yeah that's not how he likes women he doesn't like his women useful and autonomous so uh no and well we will get into that in the next movie so march for death (laughs) one and a half stars uh i gave marked for death one star i've been i've nice. been mean to these movies you way too nice rightfully right so way too nice to above the law you, you, you're, you're averaging it out i think yeah uh i gave mark because you death. thought oh this is kind of fun and then he said it's not fun anymore yeah i gave marked for death one star uh and i think my favorite quote was right after he kills uh jimmy fingers possible after um and the there there was also like a one of the posse hiding in the bathroom the whole time what was he doing there but like hiding in the bathroom the whole time and then he like pops out after everything has already gone down uh he pops out and like john hatcher kind of captures him and tries to interrogate him and then jumps out the window so they go he goes downstairs and he talks to his cop buddy and he's the cop buddy like asked him what happened he said there were two guys there one thought he was invincible. The other thought he could fly. They were both wrong. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. About that. And I loved oh, that. That, was, that was great. Yeah. That was pretty bad good. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Any closing thoughts? Um, don't Terrible watch this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to. The funniest <laughs> part is that there's a character named Jimmy Fingers and like nothing else of value was yeah. gained or lost. Actually, my Letterboxd review uh, literally says, you do not have to watch this. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. after i gave like my live my live react i actually did a live react for this one and at the end i just same said, as zach you don't have to watch it anymore you're, there you're good. were you're free. only there's only like 40 other better keith david movies you could watch and there's only like 400 <laughs> better uh danny trejo movies that yes. you could watch so this one's a skip yeah this one's a hard pass you can just skip you're this welcome. one <laughs> all right i think we can end it we'll on that you're always. welcome yeah that means one of us has to die.
minds in it, brother. <laughs>